Erez Shek here, host of The Shek Check. Now, some of you may know this, some of you may not know this, but The Shek Check actually started on YouTube, and by the way, is still going on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash The Shek Check. Yeah, that's me. I'm over here. I'm over here just plugging away, just plugging away. So yes, I have a huge amount of respect for YouTube creators because number one, I am one. And number two, I know how much work and heart goes into their work. And of course, I'm going to have like a, like an extra, extra amount of respect for those who are talking about mental health and talking about the ways we think, feel, and behave and who are talking and addressing overall how we can be dealing, managing, and having those conversations. Shocker, right? Huge shocker. Which is what my guest today, Nelson Lee, is doing with his YouTube and Instagram channel, Building Brainwaves. So I'm thinking now is a good time that maybe we, I don't know, get checked. Get ready, it's time for the Sheck Check Podcast. Inspiring to normalize the way we talk about the way we think, feel, and behave. With your host, Erez Sheck. Nelson Lee, how are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for, for coming on. Um, I'm really glad that I actually found you, or we found each other. I don't know. One of those things. You are the creator <laughs> and the host of Building Brainwaves on YouTube as well as on Instagram as well. Yes. Uh, talk to me, like, why don't you give me like a, like a, I guess a brief, but not brief kind of history that led you to, you know, building brainwaves. That sounded weird because it's like building brainwaves, but it makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of like the alliteration with it. It rolls off the tongue a little bit, but really what it came from was just my experience with mental health in general and just going through years and years of trying to figure out like what the what the solution is what what i can do to actually improve my own mental health and just sifting through a lot of garbage out there that really was not helpful and and a lot of it came from trained professionals who you know were they were there they were supportive and in a sense that you know they they wanted to help out they had really genuine and and good intentions but they weren't necessarily helpful when it came to actually getting me to a better state. And so it took a long time to really find out what worked. And so I feel like once I did, I, I just had to share it. And, and that's really where it came from, is, is that desire to, to share what worked for me. And, and you know, hopefully it can help others as well who are in the same boat. Yeah, I think, um, I think a lot of us have been through those experiences. I mean, I know I have, uh, where there was just kind of so many different roads that we were kind that I was kind of led, led upon. And a lot of them were like, here, let's, let's fix you. Let's fix this. And it really came down to a different form of acceptance for me and like a deeper form of acceptance for me. And then that's actually also what led me to, you know, want to have these kinds of conversations as well. So you, you, you struggle with anxiety and OCD. Mm -hmm. Yep. Anxiety and OCD are kind of the main things. Um, with that came a bit of depression as well. Um, mm. So like I, I got the, the whole spectrum in regard to those three things. <laughs> But yeah, they kind of do lead into each other very easily, emotionally speaking. That's definitely something that I've noticed. And, and it's so easy to treat them as separate things. But I feel like they're so often intertwined and uh, they really do feed off each other and, and really contribute to one another in regard to, you know, your behaviors and, and just getting better in general. It's, it's better to treat kind of the whole picture rather than just one at a time. But I think like we, we're constantly in this need of like separation of things. We need to 
fit things in like boxes, like understandable mm-hmm. boxes, but really it's actually finding how they interconnect within us that becomes like the most like helpful thing. And like, I mean, that meaning like including us as well, because mm-hmm. they, they are inside of us or they are kind of within us. Mm-hmm. When did you first starting like noticing like your struggles with like anxiety and depression and OCD? So that's an interesting question because if you ask me the same question when I was around 19, I would say I've never experienced it, but I think it's just because I didn't recognize it. I mean, I, if I look back, like there are signs of it that go back to early, early childhood. And so I think it was just a matter of time that, you know, that, that buildup of, I guess, whatever you would call like, like poor mental behaviors would add up and, until they, they really just exploded. And that happened when I was 19. They, they just kind of blew up and it's like I had a panic attack and I put so much emphasis on that moment that I was just like, what happened there? Like, I don't know what I did, but it really was just a culmination of years and years and years of negative behaviors that eventually added up to my brain blowing a fuse. And it, I, in the moment, I really put a lot of emphasis on that singular moment as like, that's where I went wrong, but there was really so much more to it. I think like, that's another thing that like, we tend to do is like, we want to trace it back to one thing, or like one, that one moment, right? The one that's like, like, potentially the most obvious to us. But then it's also that like, Mm -hmm. oh, we can, you know, if we look further back, we can be like, oh, I see that connection or, you know, ignoring this, I I often say like, the more we kind of ignore things earlier on in life, number one, it kind of forms that pattern and that habit of ignoring things, but also like, Mm -hmm. it like cracks away at us, right? So it Mm -hmm. builds up to that kind of that kind of place. And you said like, you know, for years, you were with, you know, certain professionals, they do, I mean, I think they do all have good intents, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there there are a lot of excellent, prof- like, professionals that work for certain people, but they don't all work for all of us, or, you know, certain kinds or certain methodologies, I guess. What was that like through those years for you going through that process, or different doctors and stuff? Uh, for me, I mean, initially, I think it was just really frustrating. So I remember feeling, you know, like, so hopeless, so, so much in that state of like, woe is me, I don't know what's going on. I'm probably going to be stuck like this forever. And then I remember going to different therapists and just feeling like they were just not helpful. Like I felt like quite a few were, they were, like I said before, they were genuinely interested in my well-being, but I feel like they didn't know how to actually help my situation. And so it was the type of thing where they, they felt bad, they provided empathy, but as far as like tools and skills go to actually getting better, they they didn't really provide much in that sense. And so I would say they were supportive, but they didn't give me like the hard and fast things that are actually going to contribute to to getting myself better. And I, I noticed that with several different, I, I would say like, I probably went through like four and I would say some got closer to, to the right track, but it, it took a, a solid long time before I, I actually like stumbled upon, I guess, like my formula or just the the general form of acceptance in regard to everything around my situation that, that really helped out. And so overall, I think the answer to your question was I just went through a lot of frustration <laughs> and just feeling like I was going to be stuck forever. And it, was like that, and it was like I had those labels just stamped on me and I just felt like I was stuck with them. There was nothing I could do with it. I definitely, like, I totally get that because I felt, I mean, like, there for me, it's like the label of bipolar disorder and anxiety and I mean, bipolar includes depression and all those things. It was not only like for me, it was not only the label that the that I that was placed on me from the doctors, but it was also like how I had accepted that label. And I felt stuck in that in that kind of mm-hmm. label or whatever in that box. And so like, 
that was frustrating. And I had the same issue with the whole, you know, finding tools with therapists as well, because I think like with, I mean, I'm, I'm with a therapist right now who I, whom I love and we're working on tools and that's, he's who like opened me up to mindfulness and opened my mind up to it and started me allowing it kind of in, I suppose, you know, before that I like went through like a slew of therapists that I probably stuck with for like really long periods of time, longer than I should have. And it was like at the, the one before the one I'm with right now, I like, I got to this point where I was like, I want tools. Like I can't talk about this stuff anymore. I want tools. Mm -hmm. And he's like, all I have tool wise is for us to talk about it. And I was like, yeah, that's not good enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you like, yep. it is about finding what is working for you and finding that kind of ingredient that is working for you in this moment to get you where you are right now. And for you, that is, you know, you, you talk about in your videos, uh, mindfulness, and I like how you, you know, you call out certain views regarding meditation and mindfulness, which is the way, not, you know, the tool itself, but the way that it is kind of marketed in some in, in some ways and also the way that we're kind of looking at things which is to look at it to fix us or as a quick fix mm -hmm. of some sort talk to me about that where did because yeah. it's an excellent like it's there's actually a couple of videos where you talk about the quick fix i don't even think it's like i think it's a mindset people have gotten in with quick fixes and we've now attributed it to it like you mm -hmm. know meditation and mindfulness as well um talk about like where that kind of idea came to you to do that video? Um, I think the idea came just because I think I had that mindset initially as well. And it was like, I have a problem, I need to fix this. And I need the quickest route to get there. And I think that's just something that's kind of ingrained in us culturally. Mm. And we're, we're so stuck on like problem, solution, problem, solution, that kind of a formula. And for me, I just noticed that that wasn't helpful. It was like the more I focused on fixing my anxiety, fixing the OCD, fixing those different things, it was like the worse it got. And it's because so much of my attention went on to those things. And, and it's like, if that's where your attention is directed, that's kind of what's going to grow and, and just it's, it's going to get more of your energy. And, and that's what kept happening. So even though sometimes I felt like I was making progress, in the end, I was actually kind of backtracking a little bit. But I would say when it applies to mindfulness, I, I did take the, that same approach, that kind of problem solution approach in the beginning. And again, I, I just didn't find it very helpful. And it wasn't until I think I, it was a, another YouTuber who was talking about it and, and just talking about how you're not a problem to fix. And it's like, more than anything, you just need to like figure out what your values are and where you want to direct yourself. And he also talked about that in regard to mindfulness. And so I'd I started practicing that and, and just thinking about mindfulness in that sense. And, and when I say that, I mean like thinking about it as something that's going to basically help me build long-term skills and not necessarily is going to fix my anxiety. Because it's really easy for us to think like, oh, I have anxiety and my quick fix for that is going to be meditation. Meditation is going to get rid of whatever the symptoms I'm having here. And if you take that approach, it really just becomes another compulsion to put your focus on that anxiety and, and try to get rid of it. And so what was helpful for me was to reframe it as something that I'm doing to, to really help build that skill of just living in the moment, regardless of what I'm feeling. And, and I would say even when you, are, when you are meditating, if you are putting the focus on getting rid of something or getting rid of your anxiety, whatever it may be, I feel like that kind of defeats the whole purpose of meditation, just because real mindfulness is all about being in the moment with whatever it is and, and just like existing with that and fully embracing it. 
And so if you're doing it with an ulterior motive to get rid of something, then that actually takes away from like the core purpose. And, and that's really what I found to be true. And, and that was super helpful. And it, it really helped me build that long-term skill of like being in the moment, even when I'm not meditating. And, and that's something that helped me with acceptance. It helped me just like put my focus on where I want. And it was super beneficial for me. Well, it's kind of like funny because like if you look at it, if you're looking for like the meditation or the mind and mindfulness to be like, you know, the cure or like a quick fix and get you out of the moment or or just kind of help whatever in a given moment. And that's your that's your goal. Then it's kind of almost like taking like thinking like Ativan or Xanax is going to take away anxiety long term. Mm -hmm. And then the other side of that is exactly what you said. You know, if you're if you're focused on the getting rid of the anxiety and you're and that's your goal in the meditation then you're not like your head is in the future your head is not in the now and so it takes away from like the idea that it's just acceptance that this is that this is what it is right now this these are the thoughts you have these are the emotions you have and and you're finding acceptance in any given moment with that absolutely and and for me acceptance was so big um just because like i feel like it was a really really big paradigm shift for me to realize like I can actually like feel these really tough feelings and, and go through these really hard experiences and I can still direct my attention towards what I actually value in life. And for me, it was always like, I need to fix this before I do this. I need to fix myself, you know, so that later on I can go do what I want to do. And for me, that mentality just wasn't helpful. So it really helped to just embrace those things. And, and it's like, I can do what I want to do, even when I'm feeling this way, even when I'm having these experiences. And that was really a liberating thing because it, it basically like it let myself off the hook. I don't I don't need to invest all this time and energy into making myself better before I go live the life that I want. I can start living that life now and I can just embrace and accept everything that goes along with it. And ultimately that's what really got me out of the hole in the long run was just building up that skill and I would say that you know that acceptance that is a skill for sure. It's something that we practice every day and really in the long term it's it was it was what did it for me. And so I'm, I'm really grateful that I discovered that for sure. Acceptance is so, so, oh my God, it's like super powerful. And I feel like we find ways to like, like faux accept things. Like we will like be like, oh yeah, I totally accept that. But it's on a very mm -hmm. surface level. We're not accepting it deeply. And one of the things I realized is that I was like, oh, there's like levels of acceptance. Like there's new levels every day. Mm -hmm. And the, you know, there's like something a year ago that like, I was like, oh, I accepted that. And then like, a year later, I'm like, oh, like, but now it's like deeper, or like that acceptance goes deeper. Mm -hmm. um, and one of those things is actually like emotions. And I mean, well, my thoughts, but also the emotions that kind of come from that. And another one of your videos talks actually about ending the war on emotions, which I mean, does connect with mindfulness a lot. You talk about mm -hmm. the idea that we tend to want to fight them, right? Um, versus just embrace embracing them. And one of the things like that came to mind when I was watching that video Mm -hmm. which I suggest everyone go on YouTube and, and, and look up building brainwaves. And that link will be in like this episode's blog post, but it really came down to this idea that we judge our feelings. We ascribe them like, you know, negative or positive feelings or bad feelings, good feelings. And then that kind of drives that, that kind of war, that inner war with ourselves, with the emotions. This is not good to feel. This is good to feel. And then we kind of aim for that. And it actually takes us away from acceptance and embracing them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's such a tricky line to walk just because 
initially those those feelings they don't feel great and it's like we we naturally want to be away from them we want to put distance from between ourselves and those feelings but um what that does or at least what it what it did in my experience was it it created almost like a I don't know if I want to call it like a negative energy, but it, it created just like an animosity towards those feelings. And, and that's where that feeling of fighting your feelings comes from. It's like, I need to like battle these and, and get rid of them. And, and what I feel like that just trains your brain to do is continually bring up feelings for you to battle. It's like once you've won one battle, your brain is like, yeah, I feel good. Let's bring on another one. And it's going to help feed that. And so that's what I really found was like the more you fight them, it's almost like you're training your brain to to find more things to fight and it's like you always in order to win a fight you have to have an opponent and so that's mm. something that i feel like my brain was constantly throwing at me and and it just was like one after the other and and they kept coming and so i i feel like to break the pattern it's like fully embrace it you just gotta accept it and and like you know live with that feeling and and it's like you can even you can even ask yourself like could i like this feeling yeah why do i not like it you can really dig into that and and like figure out or I shouldn't say figure out, but really dig into what your judgment is around that feeling and, and why it's that way. And then ask yourself, is that helpful? And if it's not, why do you have the judgment? Like you can you can toss it out and it, it takes practice to toss out that judgment. Yeah. But it's something that you can definitely do. I find like that judgment becomes the attachment. Like instead of le- allowing that feeling to be when we make those judgments um, and we that's kind of for me, like the start of that war. It's because like I'm giving it more weight. Mm-hmm. This I'm I'm holding on to it instead of just allowing it, and that makes it, I, that makes it harder for me to get past. You know, like those judgments, mm-hmm. those judgment thoughts, and those like judgment thoughts of my feelings or whatever. Those tend to just give us give it more weight, and that's kind of what I know has weighed me down. And the more aware of that we become, it is it becomes a little easier for us to you know. Be aware that that's what we're doing at the moment. Mm-hmm. You're like constantly moving. Like if you look at your Instagram and your YouTube, like you, you're constantly like you're in nature, you're moving and that's become like a huge part of your messaging. What have you always been just like a very like active nature person? Uh, I would say as far as nature goes, absolutely. Like, I don't know what it is, but I mean, ever since I was a kid, I've loved nature. I've I was really like big into the whole like Steve Irwin thing, like get outside and find animals and that kind of thing when I was a kid. And I think that that has carried over into my adulthood. And, and I, I don't know what it is about nature, but I mean, I feel like it's something that has really helped contribute to like being in the moment. I feel like when I'm outside, it's like I don't really have a choice but to be in the moment. I'm in my surroundings. There's so much to soak in. And I think that's what, what really draws me to it and has for years. But it's definitely something that, you know, I've come to love and, and I really like creating content around it. And so that's where a lot of that content comes from. And so, I mean, a lot of the videos that you see on my Instagram, I didn't even realize like I had this like massive like com- compilation of them. Like I didn't go out and make content for building brainwaves when I was taking those videos. Like that's just like years and years of me just doing what I felt like was cool. And all of a sudden I was like, wow, I have like this really big bank of like kind of cool like video shots. Maybe I can use these for something. And so that's where all of that came from. And yeah, that, it's just something that I've really grown to love over the course of my lifetime. And I still do. I still try and get outside as much as possible. I love it. I love that you've incorporated that. And I love that actually like the backstory is actually that they just existed from like from years ago or whatever. And 
now you're using it for this because the other part of that is the fact that I think it helps bring other people into the moment as well because you know it's it's not just like the talking at people but it's also how you're influencing them uh, with your content just by like the messaging plus the visual it's bringing people into like any given moment and also like of your life as well absolutely and I mean, I, I think so much of that concept can be even translated into just our day to day, like seemingly mundane lives. Like I've realized that, you know, while nature has the, these awesome benefits and and, you know, it's it's easy to be mindful out there, you can actually get the same stuff just in in everyday things. And, and you know, if you're mindful, you'll start noticing things that you never noticed before. And it's like you're doing the same thing you've always done every single day, but you'll start noticing these different little things. And it's like, it's easy to be curious about them and, and and it's really interesting it it's something that can like captivate your attention and, and you'll discover things about yourself and about your behaviors and about your surroundings that you never did before even just on like a regular wednesday yeah i was thinking about that idea that like the fact that you know we're like you hear people just be like oh my day-to-day is just the same over and over and over again and people often like feel stuck in that they'll be like oh my life's not changing all that mm-hmm the judgments that they're having of their life and everything that's going on. And yeah, we could have like the same acts going on in our lives, the same kind of habits. But there's like, I I was thinking about this, like there is no day like any other day. This moment right now is not like yesterday's, you know, moment Mm -hmm. given the weather and that realization that like this moment with like the wind as it is blowing in its specific direction and the exact temperature at this moment makes it different a little bit from yesterday. So no day is the same. And that's like something I think that like does bring you Mm -hmm. into the moment to realize like, Oh, this thing that I'm doing right now is not like every other thing I'm doing because it is a different day. It is something is different happening. And that actually for me helps me bring like myself into the moment when there are things that I'm just doing, you know, by action or by habit over and over again and i feel stuck i'm like oh but i'm not really stuck because the world is still moving and time is still moving forward absolutely yeah and and it's like you're never going to get this moment whatever it is like you're never going to have this exact one again exactly you can bring a sense of appreciation to it just in that sense and and i think i think that's you know i think that's kind of what you were getting at and i think that's that's something that's been helpful for me it's like i'm never going to get this again and so I might as well be in it. Yeah. Really experience whatever it is. It really becomes like about our perceptions and our judgments of those moments versus just like appreciating every moment. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. What is next for for you and building brainwaves? So I think I mean what's next is I mean I, I do want to to grow it and and just reach more people and I'm hoping that, you know, the the message that I share is going to be beneficial for, for other people struggling with the same things that I've gone through. And so really, that's that's my whole goal with it is just to share it with as many people as possible. And it's still just in like, really, it's infant stage. I I haven't dedicated like as much time as I want to to it. And that's something that I really want to shift over the course of the rest of this year and really hit the YouTube hard, <clears throat> really get a lot of content on that channel as well as the Instagram and just work on on sharing the message with as many people as possible and, and really getting feedback too. It's like, is this something that's actually helpful for others? And so that's really my whole goal with it is, is just to to get a, a broader reach and, and figure out if it's something that's, you know, a viable option for for others who are going through the same thing. Is it something that's going to be helpful? And and that's really what my hope is with it. And 
I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I have any other motives. I, I almost feel like I have like an obligation to do so just because of yeah. my experience though. So that's kind of where it's coming from. Yeah. No. And I think that, I mean, that's, I mean, I know that's where, when I was starting out with the shack check and everything, like that's where it was, where it's coming from is like this, this want to help others with what I've experienced, but with what I'm doing with what I've experienced. And then it kind of grew into like wanting to have these kinds of conversations to hear what others have experienced and be able to get those things out there and show what these conversations can look like as well. And so what I, I think I'm really glad that, you know, I found you on Instagram and I'm really glad because I think your, your messaging and your experiences are super important. You also just do it in this hella cool way the way that you're presenting all of it. And so I really, <laughs> thank you. I just like, keep going with it, please. Um, because we need to hear these perspectives. And I, I think there's so much like stuff out there that is just really um, just marketed in weird ways and very trite. And your messages, I think, stay really true to, to what is working for with, with mindfulness. And as I understand mindfulness, and it's cool to see it kind of live out loud on your page and on your YouTube. So thank you for doing what you do. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate the feedback. So, I mean, that feedback is really what I'm looking for. It's a huge part of it. And so just hearing that it resonates with even one other person, you know, that's, that's enough to, you know, keep me going and, and really motivate me and, and get me going on, on what else we can do with it. So I, I do think, you know, conversations like this are so important and, and just sharing, you know, what's, what's helped in, in regard to, you know, all these different situations, because they they do tend to be be different for each individual, but it's interesting how similar principles can can really benefit those different experiences that we have. And so, like, I, I love having conversations like this. I feel like I always end up picking people's brains now. And I, I never did that before I went through everything. But now it's like, what's your experience with this? Like, if, you, if you've had anxiety or whatever, it's like, what has helped? What hasn't? I feel like I, I become almost like an interrogator for people sometimes. <laughs> I'm like what is going on there? And so it's really fun to investigate. Hopefully it's not annoying, but I like doing it. I like it too. It's weird. <laughs> it's a weird, like, I don't know what you would call it, but I, I find it interesting because I think we have this tendency to like group things very easily, just like a diagnosis almost, but we forget that we're still individuals and it presents differently within each of us and we have different experiences with it. And I think those conversations are important to have. Plus, you know, you might like, again, there's the connections where it's like, oh, this is how the anxiety presented for me. Oh, that's similar to mine, but kind of still getting to share these experiences with it and everything. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. Really, this has been an awesome conversation. I, I appreciate the invite and the opportunity. Of course. And let, I mean, I'll, we got to stay in contact and keep talking about this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And thank you to all of you who are listening to today's episode. These conversations, having these conversations, listening to these conversations, these are all ways we are checking ourselves and normalizing all of these kinds of topics. So if you are not already subscribed to the Shack Check podcast, go ahead, get down with your bad self and hit that subscribe button right now. Please always use the word please. And also head on over to Building Brainwaves on YouTube, on Instagram. The links are in today's bio and follow Nelson and subscribe to his YouTube channel, again, building brainwaves, such important things that are being addressed, that need to be addressed, and that we all need to be thinking about and embracing in some form or other. And remember, when we're doing that, we are taking care of ourselves. And when we are taking care of ourselves, we are also taking care of those around us. Let's keep doing that, okay? Please, again with the please. Until next week, check, check out. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Sheck Check Podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever you listen to for your favorite podcast. All linked up on our website, www.thescheckcheck.com. If you are picking up what we are laying down and want to help spread the word and live by example, leave a review and share with friends. Until next time, check yourself before you wreck yourself. 